When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Unofficially, it's the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast. Uh, I only do one of these we a week. We can just oh, do this like, on Wednesday if you want. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, we are here about a little after one thirty in the morning uh, on Campus Corner. The uh, motorcycle show is going on outside, but uh, Sooners uh, polish off SMU, not in style, uh, but they win it today, uh, twenty-eight to eleven. It was a little uh, hair, a little uh, t- nail biting at times. Uh, especially early in the fourth quarter when uh, SMU pulled a touchdown and then got the two-point conversion. Uh, it was an uneven performance offensively. Defensively, it was the exact opposite. It was uh, a fantastic performance, and uh, Danny Stutzman led the way with 17 overall tackles. At least that was the last official. Uh, I'm looking at the book right now. 17 uh, official tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, uh, and uh, one fumble recovery, which he did a great job on that play. We didn't even talk about that, just keeping his body uh, in bounds and jumping on the ball. So I know we'll, I know we'll get to it, but it's almost like the better part of that play was Woody Washington realizing that if he jumps onto the ball, he's he going to be, be out, out of bounds. bounds. Yeah. So it shades yeah, we'll of that get Kansas that kind of play stuff. along the sideline a, a couple of years ago. Oh, when they, uh, when the guy came from out of bounds yeah. and stripped it, yeah, like yeah, yeah. how was that not yeah, out of yeah. bounds? I still have a question about that. I, to this I still day. remember looking uh, like through the NCAA rule book, like sitting in this seat, I think. Well, first off, let's start with a fight. Uh, George, I'm sure, wants to pick a fight with me uh, about Tawi Walker. I have, a, I have a bone to pick with both of you uh, as well. Oh, this would be good. So, uh, look, Tawi Walker was the, was the offense tonight. There's no doubt about it. He was the reason that they ended up winning this game. Uh, he was the best running back out there. A I lot better than, than Marcus Major. <laughs> uh, I apologize for, for getting after you for writing the article. How about that? I'll take that because that I, was that was what the argument was. Everybody's like, "You owe Tawi Walker." Uh, no, I owe George an apology because I went after him for what I called taking the bait and running with the heartwarming walk-on story. And look at him now; he's really good. And he's I'm not gonna, actually. Good. I'm not here to shit on Tawi Walker. That, that's not what I'm here to do. Not like you guys have done to Jalil Farouk, who had the most athletic play of the day. Uh, he was great tonight. And proved he should be a much bigger part of this offense. And I think everybody was like, where is Jalil Farouk? Why has he disappeared? He must just be a bust. No, he's a great player. And he deserves he deserves his flowers first, which I'm giving him. Uh, but he deserves to see the ball more. And look, I, 
I, I wasn't really joking when I came after you a little bit on Twitter because you said, I want my apology. And I said, do I have to apologize because the OU game plan was so bad that it made their walk-on running back the best player on this team? Like, it was a bad game plan offensively. And, and look, I understand SMU was probably doing things to take things away, uh, defensively take away the deep ball. But, man, I mean, either nobody can get open or the, 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 the offensive staff doesn't trust the offensive line to block long enough for Dylan Gabriel to step back in the pocket and, and read the field and make a throw. Like, which one is it? I, I, there's a few realities, I think, with the offense. Number one, I don't think the offensive line is as good as we thought. I mean, we saw Savion Bird basically get benched for most of the game. Right. And they weren't able to I wish to we had snap counts. I know. I was just with looking Savion at Savion Bird and Troy Everett. Because, I, I mean, Troy Everett basically played outside of the first two series. I think he probably would have played the entire first half. Correct. And he, he played all the way until uh, into the fourth quarter when Savion came back in for those two drives that they scored. So... I I think that's one thing. The offensive line was not great. Um, you know, it felt like Dylan was under pressure quite a bit and pretty quickly at times. And then they were never felt comfortable in the pocket. I never no. Felt like and Tawi Walker ripped off some nice runs, but a lot of them were like he was getting contact right at the line of scrimmage and having to break off a run. Like it wasn't like it was just a big gaping hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one reality. And then two, I think they I think they don't really know what their identity is. As soon as SMU took away the deep ball, which is what this offense is often predicated on and what Dylan Gabriel does best. They didn't know what to do. They, I mean, it was very clear. It was, they were, SMU took away exactly what they want to do, which is the big play. What do they always say? Score from afar. That's Jeff Levy's saying or whatever. They didn't have that tonight. And I think they looked lost when they didn't know what to do because, and then they, you know, they finally put it together there on that 11 play 75 yard drive, um, which I thought Dylan looked really good on, but I don't know, man. I it just the the thing the reality with the offense is it's inconsistent, just as it was last year. At times it looks phenomenal, and then at times it just totally disappears. I mean, they went four straight possessions there, um, you know, at the end of the second quarter and then the entire third quarter without scoring a point, and that just can't happen. They had a chance to put them away in the second quarter. A lot of drop balls tonight. Yeah, and I think that that hurt yeah. the rhythm of the offense. If you just catch a couple of those balls, I you know the one that uh, Gavin Freeman had over in the. Uh, South end zone. That was something that you just got to make those plays. I mean, it, it it was just a weird night overall. And, you know, there's it, it's you hate to say it, but, it, you know, a few plays here, a few plays there. I, I said to somebody, you know, if Jackson Arnold picks up the fourth and one on that one drive, they sure. go up 21 to three and it's a different game. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's it's just and we can get into the Arnold, the Jackson Arnold package. Everybody's excited about it. It didn't really work other than like the one play. Uh, that he broke off for about I don't know, get six it. Yards. I don't I, get the Jackson Arnold package. I, I d- thought that that was going to be like something that they throw out like as a surprise. Like that was, yeah. I don't know. Now now teams can game plan for it and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, they were worried about SMU though. They were sure. they were playing. They were doing oh, no, things they, like they were trying we, to do things that they might need in order to win this football game. So we talked about it uh, last during the week on yeah. the unofficial forty and all that kind of stuff. By the way, are we recording? Yes, we are okay. recording. I just make it sure. Uh, That's what the just, computer screen tells me. It it was a weird night. The whole thing was weird. And why are they running a, the Jackson Arnold package when you have Tawi Walker back there? I know. It as hard as make, he runs. Like George said, it had one play that worked, but they got stuffed on a fourth and inches and, yeah. and didn't get it. 
Uh, when they got stuffed on the third and one that they ended up having to hand the ball off to Tawi Walker, mm-hmm. Jackson did. And it doesn't make any sense when you when you leave him in the game and put him at wide receiver, and then Dylan Gabriel comes in and he's the quarterback. Like it makes you question how imaginative the staff is. And look, I'm going to tell you, we've seen some great offensive coordinators around here. Uh, I mean, Lincoln Riley had his issues with the umbrella defense in Iowa State. Uh, he just never could run the ball enough to open up the passing game. Uh, and you know. Spencer Rattler, I think a big part of Spencer Rattler's failure at Oklahoma was Lincoln Riley never was able to solve that umbrella defense, and people just kept running it and trotting it out there because it worked. Uh, we saw, I felt like we saw some of the same things with Jeff Levy today. Like you said, they took away the deep pass game. Uh, I don't know if they were bracketing. You know, I, I, I can't see the all twenty-two, but like if they were bracketing, they, they and, had a safety over the top yeah. on a lot of it. So uh, yeah, and Dylan Gabriel didn't, the, you know. Didn't feel like he was going to take any chances doing that. And they called a lot of plays out in the flat. They tried to get the ball to the running backs uh, and let them make plays with their legs. But it was just, it was maddeningly, maddeningly, maddening. Anyway, uh, it was maddening, maddeningly frustrating. Uh, It was, it was awful at times. Jackson Arnold ran the ball four times for 11 yards. He had one for eight yards. So the other three rushes for, were for one yard. And he's not. He's not Blake Bell. I mean, he's that. Not Blake that Bell. That's yeah. He's not Blake Bell. It was. It wasn't there. And I. I think some of it was. I. I don't blame it all on Jackson because I don't think the offensive line particularly played great. No, they were getting. Either. They were getting. It was. It was getting mucked up in the middle. Yeah. And there was just nothing to run to. Like and it, the it whole, was hard. It was hard to shoot video because you couldn't see yeah. like where the guys were. I was on board chat for a good part of the night. Uh, my God, uh, Marcus Major. If you're related to Marcus Major, do not go read board yeah. chat. I'd go through that. I told somebody at halftime, I think I'm probably done with that experience. But where was it, Gavin Sotchuk? The Marcus but, Major experience. But then he had. Where the, was Javante Barnes? Yeah. Like, I don't understand no why neither of those two guys were playing. Yeah. Were, but but I then mean, Major has like the, the swing pass there in the fourth quarter, makes a move on a guy, and it looks great. Maybe he's just a closer. Maybe Tawi, if, if you're going to go down this road, maybe Tawi and Javante are your guys that soften up the defense. And Major comes in later. Here's the thing they don't have. I I think Tawi Walker's a good running back, and I think he can be a guy that can help them. He's not breaking off for a you know sixty seven yard. No, he's not. That's that. That's why I'm like, where's Gavin Sawchuk? Because if he hits some of those holes tonight, he's gone. Yeah. Well, Brent was asked about it after the game. I still don't think he's a hundred percent. I don't think so. I mean, he was in there for a couple snaps, but he never touched the ball. Are are we like? It's just funny to me too because. Everybody's so down on the offense, and rightfully so. It wasn't very good. Uh, but, like, the defense that you saw tonight, is that not what everybody's been hoping for? Yes. They yeah. played against a pretty damn good offense. I was pretty impressed with SMU offensively. And they hold them to 11 points. They held them to, uh, without scoring a touchdown in the first two quarters of the game. It's like, that's what everybody has been bitching and complaining about for the last... Seven years. Two guys, Danny Stutzman and Peyton Bowen. Yeah. Danny Stutzman sniffed out every single trick play that SMU yeah. ran. Yeah. I mean, he was – That reverse there. was beautiful. The, I mean, like, and they didn't bite on the flea flicker. Um, the reverse was – he was just right there. Uh, and Trace Ford was right there with him. Uh, I, You know, I thought the pass rush was better tonight. I mean, the pressure was better tonight. Uh, it didn't show on the stat sheet. Uh, but there were a lot of plays where Preston Stone – like he's a, I was pretty impressed with his poise 
Like, he will get rid of the football if he knows he's in a no-win situation. He's not trying to force things. And there were plenty of times where he knew that OU was getting ready to track him down, couldn't find an open receiver, just threw it out of bounds. So, that you know, tonight resulted in a lot of those, you know, throwaways that don't really show on the stat sheet. So I, I was encouraged by, by what I saw. And you saw a lot more P.J. Adebore tonight. R. Mason Thomas did some good things. He kind of got banged up, I think, a little bit. It's Oh, did he? I missed that. Early, yeah. I think he just he walked off under his own power. And then, of course, you know, uh, Justin Harrington gets hurt, but then he comes back, and he seems to be fine. George, can I add one more name to uh, your mm-hmm. list uh, with Danny Stutzman and Peyton Bowen? I'm about as all-in as I could possibly be with Kip Lewis. Oh, he was yes. very good. Yeah. Kip Lewis yes. is just a the, – the play that he made in the fourth quarter, not the play on the sideline, but the play in the middle of the defense. Yeah. I mean, that's a big-time play. I thought Brant summed him up perfectly. Ball magnet yeah, is what he's he just around him. the ball all the time. His instincts are some of the best. And Kobe on the McKenzie team. had a, a like. It's crazy. He came to in me. a very short burst, but he came in and popped the guy at the line. Of like those guys are getting big rep or you know snaps late in games. And I know that it was productive like a, snaps. It was a two score game at the time, but still, or a three score game technically, but still. Look, there's a lot of things about the defense to be proud of. I mean, here's a crazy stat. Um, Oklahoma surrendered just three points through the first seven quarters of the season. Yeah, Brent brought that up. The last uh, time OU did not give up a touchdown in its first seven quarters of a season was 1999. Wow. It's crazy. Uh, when they beat Indiana, Indiana State 49 nothing and Baylor 41-10. to It's crazy. I mean, I, listen, Arkansas State's not very good. They're terrible, yeah. And I know that we said that you're not going to just call them world beaters or champions after uh, shutting down SMU offensively, but... Mark my words, SMU will go score points on people all year. I, they have some very good talent. I think they're gonna, they're gonna, I think they're gonna play for their conference championship. I could see them playing in a uh, G six bowl. Knighton's or gonna a, have a lot of yards Jan- this year. January six bowl, not January six bowl. That'd be interesting. January <laughs> bowl. What is it called? What are this? But uh, uh, New Year six. six. New, New Year six. six. Yeah, they should change it to J six. Be very patriotic. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, um, no, I think Knighton's gonna he's gonna have a ton of yards this yeah. year. I mean, he's there well, were there were he was the only guy that you were just like oh shit like and what I mean broke. the run the run that Lawrence uh, uh, Key Lawrence stopped and oh yeah got the ball away from him that was a hell he of had a run. good night tonight Key Lawrence I thought that was the most consistent he's played for a game from beginning to end. Listen he's to how many guys we're talking really about. good weeks together. Listen to how many guys we're, we're we're mentioning like that's just the difference. They have so many more guys on D. look at think how many guys they played tonight at. Like, they they rotated like six guys at safety. Oh, can I Walker? Can I Walker? Yeah, I thought he played well tonight. Had a couple pass breakups. He was great. Also, un- Woody Washington is so underappreciated. You it's think? because you don't talk about him, and he's a cornerback. Yes, yeah. he's just he is just so consistent. Has he allowed a? Uh, I think he had. There was probably a couple tonight. They they were playing soft coverage yeah. tonight, but the big the big play early that was Kanai Walker that gave up the yeah. long shot down the field the first I big thought play. That, I thought had. it was just a really it was great good throw. throw. Yeah, but I mean that's part of the problem too is like defense. You can name guy after guy after guy that impressed you. Offense like Blake Smith is scoring a touchdown. Where was Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson yeah. and all those guys that we saw? And I asked Levy. After the game, you know, did you tighten the the receiver rotation? Like, where were those guys? And he's like, well, we didn't have as many possessions. But that isn't I, – I don't know. It just felt weird that we didn't see guys that a week ago were making some great plays. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean you're, you're tailoring your offense 
you're not tailoring it to your best players. I mean, that's the problem I have. Now, I think they're trying to use Andrell Anthony as well as you could, but Jalil Farouk, you know, isn't getting the ball. Uh, Gavin Freeman, I know he had a drop, but you're not really doing a whole lot to get him the ball. Drake Stoops, uh, like you said, Nick Anderson's been exciting. Uh, and Jaden Gibson's, you know, I think you're still one, wanting to know, is he legit even after, you know, two catches against – there were, one was very good. But at the same time, it's like, why is it that Tawi Walker and Zach – or uh, uh, Blake Smith – uh, are, and, and even Austin Stogner, by the way, Austin Stogner caught a pass tonight. He's he's done. I, hate I to like say it, I like Austin, but he is just a zero factor in the game. I mean, it was shocking how unathletic he looked. Yeah, running, I, running, just trying to run down the field. They also ran a lot of two tight sets. They were mm-hmm. in twenty two personnel a lot, which just is kind of head scratching to me because they just don't have playmakers that tight. And why not go you know four or five wide? rather than having two tight ends again. It just doesn't... Like, I'd rather have a Jaden Gibson out there than an Austin Stogner on the field. And, and I know it's not that simple in terms of what you're trying to do, but I just I, I just can't imagine defenses are going out there and go, oh, no, they got Blake Smith and Austin Stogner out there. Like, what are we going to do? You know, I just... Well, the, the bad thing about it is it, it wasn't a great game plan, and it puts more pressure on Dylan Gabriel because... I mean, he didn't throw the ball very much tonight. I mean, they there was a point where they had 39 rushes and 19 passes in the game. I remember tweeting that out on the Scoop account. It, like, it was, that's a massive imbalance for a, for a college football team with that many passing weapons. It was a very loud, like, disgruntlement. Yeah, Disgruntled the crowd when they ran the ball in the third like, and yeah. six. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if they got... I don't it was, know. They had a third and seven, and they was it the they third picked, and seven? And they picked up one yard, and then they had. I, I thought the biggest head scratcher was there was a third and four, and they ran a QB draw with Dylan Gabriel, and it just went nowhere. And I was like, "What? Well, what, what about Dylan the possession Gabriel's where, not a running quarterback? What like, about the possession where they force a turnover on downs? They yes. get the ball back, they get a five yard offsides penalty, and they still go three and out because they had three unproductive runs in a row. Yeah." Like to me, that was the height of like, what are you doing? It it just never came together tonight, and I you know offensively, I, yeah. offensively, and I that I was think the that, that was the Dylan Gabriel QB draw drive by the way. Okay, yeah. I was that the third down play too. Yeah, third and four. God, that was ugly. I don't know what they're doing. They're I don't like, think I don't think they know what they're doing. And there were there were times where you thought like back to last year when all of a sudden you're looking up and they're facing third and long. And they're getting ready to punt the ball back 45 seconds after getting the ball back. I think it all started when the offense went out there and the offensive line was like, oh, shit, we can't handle these guys up front. Like, they're beating us. And from that moment on, the offense just continued to fall further and further apart. And then they finally, you know, Marcus Major wasn't able to gain any any significant yardage. And then they put Tawi in there and they started moving the ball. Uh, and he had the one really nice play around the edge where he bounced it outside. Uh, and you were like, okay, this offense, you felt like maybe they could get on track. Uh, then they come out of halftime. They get a three and out on defense, and that's when that happens, uh, where the offense comes out, struggles. They get the turnover on down, struggles again, and you're just like, my God, like, what's going on? Yeah. Is it, is it, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not sunshine pumping, I swear. But they did win by 17. They covered. They covered against what I think we all think is a pretty good football team. They 
were, I'm not going to say dominant, but they were very good defensively at times. It's just that they cut it to, they cut it. To oh, it was a three point game a in the three fourth quarter. Three point game in the fourth 100%. quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter. And, that, uh, and I very know, fair. I know Brent came in and he was like, we might have lost this game a year ago. I think they would have. I, I think they would have too. I'll tell you this if Danny Stutzman was two inches higher on that tackle and he got kicked out of the game, I think they might have lost the game tonight. Yeah. I mean, Kerry, we've seen this before. Like, if that team last year would have been playing in the first half, they're down 24 to 14, 21 14, whatever. I mean, I think they're getting beat at halftime last year's team because they're not getting stops in the red zone no last year's team billy bowman made a couple of nice plays down there too he had a rough start but he, he made did, up yeah. for it uh and you know Peyton, we talked about peyton bowen i mean he's just so they're, good. they're also there's guys the limit for that guy they're a lot better in the run game than they were yeah. last year i mean no, they are up front I, I know everybody's worried about the pass rush but they are they're setting the edge really well they're getting after it you're talking about uh, defensively. Defensively, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just don't get the thing about the pass rush. Like, they're there. They just can't get home. Well, a and Preston times, Stone was just there. Preston Stone was just really good about scrambling and just getting rid of it. Tonight. He was. He knew that he would, when he felt pressure, he was He was getting mobile. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was sliding out of the pocket. Like, that was, you could tell that was the game plan. And it was, if you feel pressure, you know, slide evade and and look downfield and you know he, he just couldn't find an open receiver and he'd just get rid of it so i don't really have a problem with the pass rush tonight and i think with our mason thomas back and uh pj getting more even ethan downs was active tonight pj Adebore played quite a bit early did we see he reggie got, grimes got, tonight i didn't notice him i mean he might have played i'm sure he. i did, don't never remember him being what? in the game i don't know if reggie grimes was even there tonight he was suited up. Oh, was he? Okay. I think so, yeah. Okay. He was on our, our – we we went through the depth sure. chart, and he was on it. Here, I'll look at the participation chart. He didn't play. Yeah. Reggie Grimes did not play tonight. Hmm. I thought – and, you know, for the most part, I know he gets a lot of shit, but I thought Ethan Downs was pretty good. I, I mean, the outside sack he the, had – Outside of the face mask. The, yeah, that, that got called back for the face mask. That was a great play by him. I mean, he was he was in pursuit and actually got to him, and then he just – you know, I think sometimes the face mask, it's like, what are you going to do, you know? But – Well, and look, it, you know, all this goes around, and, and there's something we have to talk about also, and that that's yeah. the post-game situation. Well, if they need help offensively, I, I know somebody that might be able to help them. A former coach. A former uh, coach. Yeah. Maybe in the Big 12 has a little bit of uh, experience there. Yeah. Maybe considered an offensive mastermind. It's uncomfortable, to say the least. It it took the – it really sucked the, um, the wind out of it because I, I think there was still – I know people were frustrated by the game a little bit, but there's still a sense of they won, they figured it out, whatever, and then that, you know, Art Bryles is spotted on the sideline and all of a sudden – that's the story of the night and it, it just plain and simple it can't happen I don't know how you know the university or Jeff Levy Art Bryles anybody lets that happen I just it's a bad look well here's the thing and you know it was it wasn't like Art Bryles was on the sideline during the game this was a, a post-game situation he was in the stands with Jeff Levy's family he came down onto the field with the rest of you know Jeff's family, his kids, his wife. Uh, he is Jeff Levy's wife's 
father. I, he, that's his, his father-in-law. And it's one of those deals that looked even... And, and look, people going after... Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Some people going after Parker Thune, he had no... You know, he should have taken that picture. He should have posted that picture. I mean, I got There's no problem with that. You got video of it. I didn't see that. But, like, people that are criticizing him, like, that's that's where you don't understand the role of a a reporter, a journalist. Like, you don't bury that stuff. It's not our fault that Art Bryles was on the field. Is 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 a you know journalist? It's not our fault. That's just what happened. The picture was taken. You got to stop criticizing people or saying you shouldn't have po- po- posted that. Of course he should have. In any way, he posts that it blows up because he's wearing a Jordan brand OU. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you call that? Just a, a sleeve shirt? Merchandise. Sleeve I mean, shirt. Yeah, yeah, like team-issued apparel. It, and it looked like team-issued apparel. And you were, like that makes it like, oh, my God, they're sanctioning him being yeah. there. Like yeah. that, I think that's the one thing. And the way, it was presented without any context, and that's no blame. But then people's minds are racing like, oh, my God, he was on the, on the sideline the entire game when it was after the game was over. And and I, I will say, like, and I'm not defending him because it should have never happened. It's very avoidable. They were very far away from, like, you could the see players him. I mean, and, everybody yeah. saw him because we all walk into the south end mm-hmm. zone together. But they're on the other end zone, the, the southeast end zone. Yeah, they were, it, it, it was almost like they were trying to stay away from everybody. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just, you can't walk down that road. Yeah. Like, and I don't even, like, this wasn't the first time that he's come to a game. He's been at other mm-hmm. OU football games. You just got to avoid that situation entirely. And, like, if I'm in the stands and I see Art Bryles, like, with his family, I'm just like, ooh, boy, there's the yeah. infamous Art Bryles. It's not like a slight on the university. But when he's down on the field and he's wearing the Jordan brand stuff, I understand it's going to get a reaction. And it's gotten quite a reaction. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I mean, Josie put out a statement, yeah. so that tells you everything and you need he was to know. Very it was a pretty upset, damning obviously. statement, yeah. yeah. Basically saying, I said we were not going to allow stuff like this, and mm-hmm. then they went and did it. Do we have that statement uh, around here? Yes, I have it. I, I mean, it was basically like we've... It, it almost seems to me like they had set ground rules, and this was to like never your happen. your father is not, not to be... This is the uh, statement. I was just as disappointed as many of our fans when I learned of the post-game situation tonight. It shouldn't have happened, and it was my expectation it never would. Based on boundaries we previously set, I've addressed it with the appropriate staff. I mean, and even Brent. Brent, Brent did not seem happy about it post-game. No, and, and, and again, this is not something that you know he was in control of. He, right. It was after the game. He had things going on. He had the press conference to get to. He had you know recruits on campus. Um, last thing he's worried about is whose parents going to come out of the stands and down to the field to talk to their kid. Uh, and, and here's the other thing: to me, the whole thing is kind of disingenuous, and that's just social media and Twitter and all. Like Art Bryles has been canceled. He has been canceled. Um, you know, I and I understand a lot of people will say, and George alerted me to some Michigan stuff, state stuff that's going on uh, tonight. Some allegations there, um, but. It's like, how many times can you cancel someone? And I'm sure, you know, to Jeff Levy, that, you know, that's his wife's father. Like, how many times are you supposed to tell your wife who's, whose father has been through, and he's put himself through it, but he's been through the ringer. He's been, you know, he's, he's been demonized as much as someone can be. 
He's basically a pariah. I mean, he's what's there some international football league he's going to be the coach? Oh, I know you wrote about it in your story, yeah. uh, George. But it's like, at what point do you stop beating the dead horse and telling your wife, no, your father's not welcome here? Like, what, look at it kind of from his perspective. I don't know that this is the way it's going, but I also probably think that in that family, when you've gone through that much kind of trauma, you have probably convinced yourself, like, and I'm sure, I don't know what Art Bryles, like, is Art Bryles, like, is he like, they made too much out of that? And none, none of that really had Like, has he kind of tried to wipe it under the rug a little bit as his family, like just to move on. And now this happens. And like, if you're Jeff Levy, you keep, you, you don't want to keep beating that dead horse. Like I said, so it kind of, you kind of relent and you kind of, you have to be reminded like, no, he cannot appear to be associated with OU or you, you know, uh, or sanctioned to be around the program because of all that stuff that happened in the past. And I'm sure that's traumatizing. I'm sure his wife, you know, uh, did not have a good night. I'm sure Jeff did not have a good night. Uh, it's just one of those things like Art Bryles has to be the one to realize, like, I can't do that stuff. Like, I think that that's, there is something there with that. Yeah. Like, don't even put yourself in that spot. Right. I know you want to have a normal life again. Yeah. Maybe you can't. Well, yeah. and I mean, it, 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 when, it, when it comes to being around your son in football in a, uh, any kind of a capacity well, and it, in it, the public. And clearly, I mean, Art's not the smartest out there, but like he's got to know that what position he's putting Jeff in by going right, down there. Yeah. Sure. You know, and you want to, you want to get your son blackballed from college football too. And, yeah. and your wife not being able to live the lifestyle that they're accustomed to living. Cause I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, there are people out there right now actively calling for Jeff Levy to be fired. I mean, those people are, idiots. but it's not. And I, like I said, it's disingenuous because those are people that want him fired for football reasons because they yeah, don't think it's a very mad, good. They're mad because OU only scored twenty eight points, right? Tonight, and they weren't able. And to they looked the pretty rough. Look, Here's yeah, my question: shitty. Is did any of this come up when Jeff Levy was being hired? Like, I think what? it's a, it's a fair question, and like, and I think that that's something that, unfortunately. Because OU's playing Tulsa next week, too. It's going to be the story of That's the going to be the story of the week. That's going to be, it's going to be asked of Jeff on Monday. Brent's going to have to comment on it. Yeah. It's, it's a shit show now. Not to mention it was the Tulsa game when Jeff showed up on the sidelines. It, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It, Jesus Christ. It's a shit show that was so easily avoidable. Yeah. So easily avoidable. Stay in the tunnel. Don't. You know don't, just come, don't come out around. onto the field. Yeah. Nobody's going to see you. It just... And I, you know... What is Jeff supposed to say post game? I know people are mad about yeah. his comments. I'm like, yeah, I guess he could have been like, "Oh, we screwed up." Well, people are like, but "Oh, like, he's tone deaf." All he said was what the truth is. This. Like, yeah. it's a the only thing he didn't say is it's a very difficult situation because he is my father in law. Yeah, like, what do you want? Like, the only thing that he you could have conveyed was like, "What do you want me to do?" Like, yeah. he is my father in law. It's going to be interesting. He to came see. to the game with my family. He is the grandfather of my children. Monday's going to be very interesting when he talks to the media because it's going to be he's going to have to he's going to have to say something to appease I think Joe Castillo with, with the way yeah. that OU usually handles stuff like this I would be surprised if he doesn't open with a statement yeah. instead of just I going think that straight would be into the way questions to go. yeah and I know that somebody will you know there I'm sure there will be a follow up don't defend your father in law in the process of that statement yeah don't wear the CAB shirt on Monday. <sighs> That, that probably would not be the best move. And that kind of shows you, like, this is all, you know, fan-generated. Like, people were supporting Art Bryles even after all the stuff happened. Even, oh, even sure. after he was fired. Sure. Because he won. Yeah. And if Jeff Levy had been a better offensive coordinator, people would be defending him and saying, oh, it's his father-in-law. What is he supposed to do, not see his family? Yeah. 
But no, I mean, the door is open there for people to want him out because he is not living up to the Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray era of offense right now. I just also wonder, too, if we want to think big picture here, like what does this do for Brent and Jeff's relationship in terms of just, I don't know. I mean, I just, it's got to be a little bit of friction there in terms of if Brent really had no idea and all of a sudden this becomes a PR nightmare for them. Like, And they had agreed that his dad would not be around the that's program. What, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is like, because I'm sure Brent, when Brent was interviewing for this job or knew that he was going to hire Jeff for this job, it came up. Yeah, they said, didn't they say that they did a big, I don't want to call it a background check, but they did their due diligence process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would have to imagine that this puts some sort of friction between Brent and Jeff. And, you know, can they overcome that? Because I'm sure Brent's like, what the hell, man? Yeah. Like, this is not what we need right now. Right. (laughs) It's sort of like the, I mean, it, Two, to- two totally different situations, but it's almost like the Kel Gundy situation in the sense that it's like it just what, this is not something they need right now. I think the thing that, and this is bad to put it in these terms, but the thing that helps OU from a PR standpoint is the Mel Tucker thing. That's, the, <laughs> yeah. the nation is going to focus on that instead of Art Briles being in a post-game sideline. Which, if you haven't read the game. article, I would just suggest doing so. The uh, the details are. I was starting to read it. Pretty disgusting. I haven't seen any of it yet. Uh, he he basically. I guess I'll just say it. He basically. I guess he jerked off while on the phone with Brenda Tracy. Whoa! Yeah, and he's saying that it's consensual phone sex. Did like he have he a relationship admitted, with Brenda Tracy? It. it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. I mean, I I think Mel Tucker's going to be fired on Monday. Jesus. But they owe him. Would they not? I guess he'd be fired for cause. Yeah. Yeah, you get fired for cause. It's a a shit show in East Lansing right now. He's going to have to. It's weird that that comes out on late night Saturday, too. Did they even play today? Michigan State? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they did. Yeah, they beat. Richmond, 45-14. Weird. Yeah, they had one of those games. Weird. So, yeah, that's that's going to be out there. By the way, you mentioned Tulsa. Uh, want to remind everybody, we'll be driving to Tulsa in style next week. Absolutely. Thanks to Eskridge Lexus. Uh, and, uh, yeah, oh, they, they take care of us. They're, they're our official travel partner. Uh, Ed, Ed uh, Eskridge and uh, Will over there. Um, love those guys. They take care of us and always have great partnership with them. Uh, appreciate everything they do. And, uh, you know, just great cars. Eddie's got the NX. I've got the IS. UX. Uh, UX, not the NX. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, when you were looking for a new car after, uh, what after what was that, the gasket blew or something yeah. on the car? Um, engine basically Basically, blew engine up. blew up, wasn't worth fixing. Uh, I'm sure it was probably kind of a scary process a little bit, like going to buy a new car. And no, it was. Thinking a luxury it car. It was, and they, they took care of me. But it, it was the easiest pro- yeah. It was the easiest process ever. And it's the same, like when I went to get my IS, like my car had just been totaled from a hailstorm. And I was like, oh, shit, like the luxury car, got to have a big deposit and, you know, all this stuff. And like, it was easy. I mean, they took care of me. They, they set up my financing. Um, and, uh, you know, getting ready to pay that baby off here pretty soon. Uh, but no, I mean, it, it's just an incredible driving experience. 
Eddie, you can talk about this going from like a Hyundai to a Lexus. Uh, I mean, there's I mean, just it, no comparison. It, it really is no comparison. It's because you get like all these people are always out there like Hyundai is just as good as Lexus. No, it's not. Like, no. you have not driven them both it's like for months at a time. Smooth ride. Never had any problems with it. And you love I the love headlights. It. Oh, the headlight difference is <laughs> you don't know about headlight difference between the Hyundai and then the Lexus. Yeah, it's just it's drastic. It's something to aspire to. Uh, so when I'm I'm driving back on Saturday night from Tulsa, I'll be able to see everything on yeah. the Turner Turnpike. Yeah, and especially with the Enjoy as well. Uh, exactly. So yeah, go uh, go check EskridgeLexus.com out. Uh, if you want an SUV, if you want a sedan, they've got it all. You want a convertible? Uh, I know George is. You're not. You're not ready for Lexus yet, are you? Maybe soon. I just blocked out for like the last two minutes while you guys are doing that. You might. You might be soon though. Yeah, no, I you know I've I've got a uh, almost one hundred sixty thousand miles on the oh, the yeah. old FJ Cruiser. So, but see, you got a Toyota. You know the you know the power of the Toyota engine. Very yeah, good it's engines. Great great engine. I've had no issues with it. Uh, which Lexus is owned by Toyota, so uh, that's why I said. It. But go check them out. EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, just go buy if you're looking for a new car. Uh, tell them you're a Sooner Scoop listener uh, or Sooner Scoop subscriber, a, a post game listener. They will give you a special deal. Uh, on your next luxury car purchase. Um, okay, so, yeah, I think we come out of this when there's going to be, like, the mentions on Sooner Scoop are just a dumpster fire right now, and it's all the Jeff Levy stuff, and that's going to take us into, you know, and, and I think that's why it's important that he has a good press conference on Monday. I mean, get it behind you as much as you can. Can uh, I say something really insensitive? Okay. I don't really, at the end of the day, I don't know if I really care. What he has to say about Art Bryles. Yeah. I'm more interested in how he's going to fix this offense. Yeah, I think that's the way to go about it. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's his father-in-law. I know that it, it's a terrible look for OU and it should have never happened. He, he but need, what else is he supposed to say? He needs to just come out and say, I screwed up. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened. It won't happen again. I don't think he'll say that, though, because I don't know if he necessarily feels that way. Well, I Maybe don't think sometimes I, you just say something tough shit. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm Joe C, I'm probably like tough shit, dude. Yeah. You, you're falling on the sword on this one. Yeah. And that's fair. It's very fair. Especially if they really did have this conversation about it not happening. Right. Then I think he has to be like, you have to own this. Right. And then, you know, I, I, I think he needs to get up there and just be honest about it and just say, I screwed up. Won't happen again. And, you know, he is my father-in-law, but there are certain things that cannot happen, and that's yeah. one of them. I don't know how I'd phrase it. I mean, it's going to be It's tough. about as good as you could phrase it. I mean, you're basically just going to have to tell Art, like, you're not going to come out, you know. I'm not going to support you here. I'm praying for Mike Houck these next couple days. Well, will we get the murder reporters there? That's my question. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> I'm not I'm going to take a shot at Stormy Jones or anything, but, you know, or Storm, is it Storm, Storm. Jones? Storm, I had class with Storm. Storm might come through. I like Storm. I can he's, maybe talk Storm into coming down on Monday. He's, he's my I, guy. I, I use he's that part of the phrase. Morning, he's part of the morning gang. I use that phrase endearingly, the murder reporters, because they just, they, they've seen so much shit. Like, going to a football press conference and asking a tough question, they've talked to people who have just, like, their 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 friend has just been murdered and stuff. Oh, or yeah. A baby's gotten run over in the street. I'll, I mean, I'll clarify for what Carrie's saying. Some shit. The the murder reporters when we refer to them, those are like the actual like the reporter real journalists reporters, yes. that are on the news that go out and do stories yes. in A block. 
Yes, like they're not asking about the inside zone blocking <laughs> right, scheme. Right, right. They're and not, they're not there for that. They are there to ask very direct questions yeah. that and with very little tact. Oh, the, I think that there's probably a sixty-five to seventy percent chance the uh, the regular reporters are down here on Monday uh-huh. doing the man on the street interviews. Do you feel safe on this campus now, knowing that Art Briles is around here on uh, Saturday? Jesus. I'm serious. That's like the new. That's a news wet dream. Are are any of like here's here's like the murder reporter like uh, type questions like with your now that it's okay for you to have your father on the sideline. Do you think that other former players of yours at Baylor like Sean Oakman will be welcome here? Right, right. I don't know though, man. I they they played a uh, a guy that got arrested on the PA tonight. And Zach Bryan. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah. I mean, they got felons on hey, the PA hey. system. I mean, he, he, he did nothing wrong. He, he did a, nothing wrong. He got arrested for the time-honored tradition of do you know who I am. I right. do think he should have to uh, put a discount on his tickets, though, after he got arrested. Well, you're, already well, you're worried about your investment is what's, yes. what the deal <laughs> is. George <laughs> bought some very expensive floor seats. Well, and I was, uh, when he first got arrested, I was like, well, maybe he'll cancel his tour and I'll get my money back. <laughs> <laughs> No, it wasn't. I mean, and it was one of those things. Like, I'm a big Zach Bryan fan. Like, I, I think his his new album's fantastic. So good. Uh, and I was just like, oh, God, I hope it wasn't like he said something to a black patrol yes. officer or something. Like, yeah, we don't need a Morgan Wallen situation here. Um, so it's like when I read the details of it, it wasn't good. But it was like, okay, at least that's as bad as He just as basically gets. yelled at them, I think. It's never good to – I mean, and here's the thing. Like, highway patrol officers – they die on the side of the road like every once in a while. There's tragedy involved. So like, and I know I saw the video. It wasn't like really like on highway, you know, on a major highway. But you know, when you tell one of them go ahead arrest me, they're like, okay, you got it, pal. <laughs> yeah, let's go in. I was I needed to go pee anyways. <laughs> they were oh you actually and not to just completely change the subject because we're done with Mark we're Bryles. done with Zach Bryan. They Mark actually Bryles. got more pressure than I. It, it's kind of like last week. They had more pressure than I think I realized. They were credited with five quarterback hurries tonight. Danny Stutzman, Jaron Canick, Jonah Lo'ulu. Man, Trace they Ford, they really like and bringing Canick and uh, Stutzman. Yeah, yeah. On those blitzes, yeah. and they're gonna get home. I, I. By the way, I, and here's the other thing: they have to get home. Here's yeah. the other thing that needs to be celebrated about the defense tonight. Uh, and fourth downs are a crapshoot, but four of sixteen on third down, you know, completion percentage. That's or, what I'm saying. It's like six percentage. of twenty uh, combined with, with third the fourth and fourth down. Yeah. So. That's what I'm saying. It's like it is kind of sort of funny that you know OU fans have been clamoring and wanting this defense to take steps for years upon years upon years, and could never get off the field. Always there was always something that was preventing them. And tonight they hold SMU to four or twelve on third down. Pretty damn good defense overall, and all we want to talk about is bitching about the offense. Well, it's because it's 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 flip flop. I mean, it's it's like as soon as the defense gets good, it's all of a sudden yeah. the offense can't score. It's just it's, funny how that works out, though. It's like uh, the office when uh, Michael Scott's talking about getting the uh, vasectomy, and he's like, snip, snap, sip, snap. You know, it's like, that's what OU fans probably feel like. It's like <laughs> one good thing happens, one bad thing happens. Maybe snip, everybody snap, just needs to get a vasectomy. Yeah. But uh, I have, uh, I've spent so much time watching Parks and Rec's outtakes on YouTube lately. 
Oh, Chris Chris Pat has the best blooper of all time on that show. Yeah, he's talking about uh, comeback stories. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, the one about the uh, when he goes to poop and he keeps wiping. And wiping. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it feels it's like, like a marker. A marker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's okay. a really good one. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, twenty-eight to eleven, uh, it got. It got dicey there, but I think you have to give Oklahoma credit. And maybe that's maybe that's something that they've learned on offense. Like, hey, we've got some guys, whether it's Jalil Farouk, uh, Andrew Anthony, like we have some playmakers out there. We just have to get them more involved. I mean, they've got to find ways to get the ball to their dynamic guys instead of you can't play every game this year forcing Tawi Walker down everybody's throat. No. You're not going to be in the Big 12 championship if, if you don't figure this out a little bit more on offense. No, and especially if you look at what happened down in Tuscaloosa today. I mean, I it's it is what it is. They they got about three basically three weeks to figure it out. And honestly, they might only have two weeks to figure it out because Cincinnati, I they wouldn't beat Pittsburgh on the road today. I don't think Pittsburgh's any good, but well, they were sudden, up really big, and Pittsburgh scored fourteen in the fourth quarter. That's the that's mm-hmm. the next one is is Cincinnati. That's that's a big test, and especially on the road. That true true road game because sure. next week at Tulsa, it's going to be a home game. Yes, there's going to be. They got wiped by Washington today. Yeah, I mean, and they, I mean, and Tulsa's just not any good. But uh, Cincinnati will will play them tough, and then you turn around, and you play Iowa State at home, which I don't know if you guys saw the Iowa State. Watch a little game. bit I of just, it. Iowa State's just not very good. They they can't score. Um, but I'll t- I think some of this is also OU fans probably watch the game tonight and then they look up and they see what Texas did to Alabama and they're like, oh shit. So I think that's part of also the, that's a wake up call the, for everybody in the conference. I mean, yeah, really across the country. I mean, like, Texas might be top five next week. Are they? They probably should be. I mean, you go into Tuscaloosa. It's the best win that anybody has this season. They want. They want. And they want handily. They were. They controlled that game. I mean, Quinn Ewers was fantastic for him. Sounds like Milrow kind of sucks. Yeah, I don't think they have a quarterback. Which, you got to run into that at some point. I yeah, mean, no. I mean, it... Happened I still OU think Alabama's going to be all right, era. but Texas played well. Quinn Ewers played well. Yeah, and that, to me, is a little surprising just because we haven't seen him go in and have that great game yet, and now he has. So, it's a different Texas. They're back. I mean, I, I think that you can say, like, they are somewhat back. Like, they that's a, one of the biggest wins Texas has had in 10, 15 years. It's the biggest win. Yeah, 100%. Trying I mean, to go they, anywhere but ESPN so I don't get an autoplay ad. They were talking about that might be one of the top five road victories for Texas all time. I mean, I know that we're not trying to scare you out there. And then Colorado looked really good again today. Yeah. I know Nebraska's just... God awful. Their I, the quarterback kid, is terrible. He has, six, he has six turnovers in the first six quarters of the year. Kansas State was impressive today, even though it was Troy, a 42-13 win for them. I mean, I think the Ohio State score was a little misleading. Baylor and Oregon tried to bounce back. They did play well. Yeah. But Tech, they, you mean? Well, who did I say? Oregon. Baylor. Well, oh, Baylor yeah, yeah. Baylor playing. Oregon. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the, the one thing that we could all agree about, the one thing that brings a smile to everybody's face, Texas A&M's just a beautiful creature, <laughs> oh aren't they? Oh, my gosh. Just got their ass whooped today. Gave up 48 to Miami I, down on I the road. I, 
don't think Miami's great. Either. No, like I think Miami's mm. like probably above average. Uh, but Miami went through the motions last week against Miami, Ohio. Yeah, it's just beautiful though. I mean, it's the same A and M bullshit that you see every year. I mean, they got to start talking about how they buy out Jimbo. But is that going to help? You could put somebody else in there, and is it same is it truly going to help? They're the same team every year. They're kind of like a they're the better version of Nebraska. I mean, they're Nebraska, Nebraska fans would get kill for A and M everywhere. Yeah, they would kill for that type of success. <laughs> Nebraska would right now. They would kill to have a team that yeah, but that wouldn't last an long. Eight or nine win team. What's A and M's schedule? Who do they got next? I don't know who they have next week, and then SEC play starts. You know what kind of a uh, a concerning result was today? Missouri Tigers. They just who was it? Somebody was it Georgia that killed Middle Tennessee State last week? Somebody killed them last week, uh, but they only won twenty three to uh, nineteen today. Missouri's not good. No. See if, uh, but Williams will air. He'll fix. He'll fix the program. Um, <laughs> A&M has Louisa Monroe next week, and uh, then Auburn. Auburn. Did Auburn end up beating Cal? Yeah, they won. Okay, they got a pick in the end zone to win the game. Uh, then they play Arkansas, Bama, Theo East Tennessee, had two and South Carolina for eighteen yards today. Luther Burden had eight for one seventeen. I mean, is A and M going to win six games? Uh, they're going to be. They're going to be right there. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. Jeez. So, I don't know. I mean, I again, at the end of the day, OU wins by 17. If you would have if you would have said at 4:30 if you would have said Eddie, OU's going to win by 17, I think anybody would have taken it. But it was just the way that that thing went down and I, you know, I I think there was everybody that was in the stadium when SMU takes advantage of some penalties there in the fourth quarter. They get the touchdown. They get the two-point conversion, which was a little bit of a fluke play. I, I don't know if uh, Key Lawrence just got lost on the play. It looked like he was surprised that the ball was headed his direction. Uh, but they, they did answer. And it's kind of like you wrote about, George. That's something that, you know, while we probably sit there and roll our eyes at it, that's something that they've talked about since, you know, last season, basically, since spring ball that they wanted to find ways to win in the fourth quarter. They wanted to find ways to finish games, and they did that. Here's the thing, too, is, and I don't want to just, like, hype up SMU, but they, that might be one of the better offenses OU faces this year. I mean, who Texas is going to be better offensively. Kansas, I don't know if you guys watched any of the Kansas-Illinois game. Jalen Daniels is special. Uh, UCF, maybe. Maybe TC. I mean, I don't TCU may not be very good, uh, but I mean that's you're talking about a team that I think is going to be pretty decent this year, and they've got some skill guys. So for them to go out there and have that kind of defensive performance, I think is just promising. And they, you know, they 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 held up well in the red zone too, which I think was what you wanted to see, especially early in the game. Yeah, Central Florida actually beat Boise um, eighteen sixteen today. Yeah, so I mean UCS offense, I don't I don't know I the their quarterback, uh, what's his name, Reese Pumley, he's just pretty inconsistent. But Texas and Kansas are the only two left on the schedule that I'm like, they have better offenses than SMU. But the rest of them, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to face better offenses than that. Cincinnati's playing better than I think most anticipated. I mean, so they played Northwestern. I, I still don't think like Pittsburgh's any good, though. No. You know what I mean? 
But Emory Jones has apparently been playing a lot really better well. than, than people anticipated. So it's a it's a weird second week because you had like North Carolina going into like quadruple overtime or whatever that was uh, with App State. Yeah, um, fine, two overtimes, forty thirty four was the final. Um, and then you had uh, like Rice, like Rice lost to Texas, and you thought, oh, they suck. They beat Houston today. Houston's bad. Houston is bad, but they won a week ago. But like the OU has a stretch. This is where you're going to know what OU's made of. When they play Texas, then they turn around, they get a bye week, then they get UCF at home, and then at Kansas. What Those you, three what straight. What did UCF games, do up in Boise today? They won eighteen sixteen. Ooh. And, but then they turn. Then, o, then OU turns around and plays OSU, West Virginia, and BYU. And I don't think any of those three teams are that good. No, I mean OSU but, still doesn't have a quarterback. No, but you're still, you're still. I mean, I think you feel like you have a defense after two games. But then you know Nebraska happened last year, and everybody True. thought they had yeah. things figured out. It does out. feel different, though, right? It does. Like they have better but athletes. This is the they Danny Stutzman that I thought would be the Danny Stutzman last yeah. year. Like I thought, okay, this guy's going to figure it out. He's going to become a leader of the team. He's going sure. to be a, a, a guy that makes plays all over the field. And he was, you know, he was out of, you know, he was lost sometimes last year. Yeah. I didn't see any of that today. No, he he was excellent. Oh, and they're just, I hate bringing this guy up, but when you replace Justin Broyles with Peyton Bowen, he's not making that play today. No. Or what Key Lawrence did today. He's not yeah. making the play Key Lawrence. I mean, it's just, they've upgraded in, in several spots. And I just, and they just look more. Like even even when SMU early in the game uh, busts the two big plays and they go tempo mm-hmm. and OU just responds and it wasn't like they're having communication issues on the sideline how to get lined up that's a spot last year you go back and you watch when teams they went crumbled. tempo yeah they crumbled and they would just give up a score like that yeah. for them to hold them to a field goal there I think was a huge maturity moment for them but like you said I would love to see the snap counts um, because yeah. you know how much did Jacob Lacy played it how much did you know, DJ Terry played. Jacob Lacey like, started. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying overall snaps. Yeah. Like, they're able to rotate because Jonah Lualu was in there. I mean, like, I didn't see that much Jordan Kelly today, or at least he didn't stand out to me. Um, he played quite a bit. Did he? Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they're just fresher. And, and I mean, you do kind of tend to see more Rondell Bothroyd, I think, than anybody else. When they need a stop, Rondell Both- Bothroyd is in the game. He He's just so consistently good on the edge in terms of He's not going to get pushed off the ball. He's going to play his. He's not. If he's supposed to set the edge, he's going to set the edge. He's not going to leave his, yeah. his position. No, they're very solid against the run, like you talked about. It's, it was impressive, and it's been impressive the last two weeks. And we're not, like I said, not going to learn a lot against Tulsa, um, but, but they, but they also need to go out and they need to just beat the shit out of them. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. No, there's no 100%. doubt. Get back to dominating. Like you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to. You want to put up another seventy-three to zero type performance against Tulsa. Well, I'm hoping that we can kind of get past all the, you know, Levy stuff early on in this week and, and get back to football. I mean, there's that's the unfortunate thing. You're playing Tulsa in a week of controversy, so that's going to kind of take center stage a little bit. And it kind of sucks because, you know, it like well, one, it sucks because you just, I mean, this is the least favorite part of our jobs is when we have to cover stuff like this. But also, like, all the Kevin Wilson storylines this week would have been fun to dive into. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like we don't. Really, I mean, we will, but it yeah, won't we be will. As yeah. people won't care as much. I would guess to say. I think people are going to get over this fashion. I mean, it, it, game day, the, the emotions of it, you know, not playing that well. Uh, I think people will get over it pretty fast. So, uh, anyway, next week Tulsa, 
Uh, lots of coverage from tonight. Uh, go check it out throughout the day on Soonerscoop.com. Uh, remember, we have two different podcasts, whatever podcast platform you're on. There's the unofficial 40 that's separate from this one, and this is just titled Oklahoma Sooners Post Game. Uh, and uh, go search that one out. It'll say Soonerscoop.com on it. Um, well, if you're listening to this, you've searched it out. Uh, but just as a reminder, subscribe to both those podcasts so you know when they drop. Uh, this one will be you know early morning because it's about 2.30 now. We started just after 1.30. Uh, so we appreciate everybody listening. Thanks to uh, the guys at Eskridge Lexus. We'll be uh, seeing you guys soon this week to uh, uh, pick up some wheels to head over to Tulsa. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, I know it's going to be a little bit of a smaller crew this week. I think just George and, and Eddie because of the space limitations of the stadium there. But um, it's going to be fun uh, getting through uh, going on to week three. I'm doing the fight on for my Trojans today. Did you uh, see some of the throws he made today? Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Uh, two things real quick before we get out of here. One, Danny Stutzman got his car towed I saw, from I saw the uh, like player parking. Uh-huh. Or not player parking, but it looked like he was parked over by the Ever Center. Yeah, look that can't over by happen. the dining hall. Or That's whatever, unacceptable. Yeah. That the cop should be fired. The tow truck should be fired. And I he probably parked in the wrong spot. Whatever. I don't care. Danny Stutz me. You he had can identify. Tackles. You've been towed before. He had 17 tackles. Two. Lindsay Street. Nicely yeah. done. Yes. Very, well. Very nice Very today. Nice it was packed over there. Uh met a bunch, a ton of scoopers were over there. Awesome. So shout out to everybody. Scott see some Seaton. flags? Uh yeah, I did see a couple flags. Okay. Scott Seaton uh, met him. He's a scooper from San Diego. Uh, he kind of helped Daniel set everything up over there, so it was, it was awesome. Very and nice. Props to the uh, to the Jones brothers for kind of setting up everything over where uh, where I was. That's awesome. Great job, guys. Um, love to see it. I know it's only going to get bigger and better, uh, and I'm, I'm sure the walk was even better. So the players probably really enjoyed that uh, today. Heard a lot of you know music was over there. I guess they're providing the music a little bit. Uh, they do have some music over there, but uh, my boys brought a DJ, so they had their own speaker systems. <laughs> I thought that that sounded like DJ driven music. Yeah, they had their own uh, they had their own guy come up with them. Wow, that's awesome. All right, well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Sooners win it twenty eight to eleven. Moving on to Tulsa next week. A uh, lot of great stuff. A lot of stuff probably uh, for us to rewatch uh, tomorrow. So we're looking forward to catching up on all the things we missed out on as well. And we'll see you guys back here after the Tulsa game next week on the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast.